Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we just open our hearts to you tonight. We come because we love you. We come, Lord, to draw closer to you. We come for your spirit to feed us tonight, to encourage us, to strengthen us. We thank you for your word. In Jesus', in Jesus name, amen. Hallelujah. We're going to start tonight in Romans, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I just want to share with you for a little bit tonight about being led by the Spirit. God has ordained, God, God has destined, His will for us is to be led by the Spirit, not by, by, not by our emotions, not by our reasonings, but by the Spirit of God. God wants us to know his will and to walk in it, in Jesus' name. And you know, I was thinking, uh, God kind of gave us a, a preview of that uh, in the Old Testament, about how we, how we to walk with him. You know, it, uh, where's it? Turn with me to uh, Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. When God, when God through Moses, delivered the children of Israel, uh, they came out of Egypt by the blood of the Lamb. And that was a type of our being saved. It's, it's the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, brought us out from, the, from, the, from slavery, from our, from our slavery to sin, they were, they were held in slavery and they got freed by the blood. And that's, that's a type of us coming out of the world, being born again and coming out of the world. And then they came to the Red Sea. Well, let's, and, when, and when, they, when they got delivered from Egypt, it says uh, in verse uh, 20, and then they set out, 1320, then they set out from Sukkot and camped in Etam on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day, to lead them on the way, and in a pillar of fire by night, to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. And he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now, to me, the, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire is a type of the Holy Spirit. So God delivers them from Egypt. It's a type of our being born again. And then he begins to lead them by, by, the, by the Spirit by the cloud and the fire. And he, and he comes to, and then they, he leads them to the Red Sea. And interesting to me, you know, after a couple of days uh, of them being gone, uh, Pharaoh kind of just shook himself and came to his senses and said, what have we done? We've let, all, we've let all this free labor just leave. We gotta go get them, bring them back. So he gets his army, he gets his chariots, and he, and he heads to the Red Sea, and he finds them there, and you know what happens, of course, the, the cloud and the fire, they go behind and they separate them. 
But God splits the Red Sea. They go through on dry land, the children of Israel. And when, when Pharaoh tried to go through with his chariots, God drowned them all. And something I think is very important to, to understand, you know, we're going to have a baptismal service. Someone asked me uh, just a couple weeks ago, do we have baptism in this church? I said, yeah, every summer when the, we're going to have a baptismal service. So if you haven't been water baptized, I tell you, you need to be water baptized. Because, the, listen, Pharaoh, Pharaoh was able, the enemy was able to follow uh, the children of Israel until the Red Sea. And the Red Sea is a type of baptism. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it said they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So the enemy was able to fall, but the enemy was, after water, after the baptism, the enemy was defeated. And so if you've never been water baptized, Maybe it's possible the enemy still has access to you. So you get water baptized and the enemy's defeated. Hallelujah. But they came out the other side and they went to, and they went to Mount Sinai and they got the law. So they, they were, they were, they were uh, directed. Their lives were directed by two things, by the law and by the cloud and the fire. Because the law told them how to live, but the law doesn't cover everything. The law didn't tell them where to camp. The law, didn't tell, the law didn't tell them how long they should camp at each place and when they should leave and where the next place they should go. All that was by the, you might say, by the spirit, by the cloud and by the fire. And so they were, they were governed by the, by the word, the law, and they were governed by the spirit. And that's the same with us. In the, in the New Testament, we are governed we, we, we're not just governed we're internally by the Spirit. We have an external governing factor, just like they did. We have the Word of God that directs. We have the Word of God, and we have the Spirit within. They, they didn't have the Spirit within. They had the fire and the cloud. But we have the Spirit within. So we have things that are, that are, that are uh, leading us and guiding us in our life as we walk with God. The Word of God. And always remember this. The Spirit of God will never direct us uh, to do anything that's not in line with the word. The word really is the final authority. And when we sense, you know, we said, well, I felt it was okay for me to take that piece of clothing out of that store uh, because I needed it. No, I felt by the spirit. No, it was the wrong spirit. The spirit of God will never lead you to do anything that's in violation of the word, that's in violation of God's character, that's in violation of God's nature, that's in violation of God's ways, and it's in, God, in violation of his of his uh, nature, hallelujah. So we have, God wants us to be led by the Spirit and he's given us the Spirit to do that. In John, in John chapter 16, you know, more than anything, that's one of the things I want more than anything else. God, I want to know your will. I want your Spirit to lead me because the Spirit of God will lead me and guide me into all the truth for my life. And that's what I want. I want to be right where, I want to be right where God wants me at the right time, doing the right thing at the right place. Hallelujah. So John, turn with me to John chapter, John chapter 14. Familiar passage of Scripture. In John 14 and verse 16. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter or another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. You know, Jesus 
when Jesus was on the earth, he, he always walked in the will of the Father. He always heard the Father. He was always led by the Spirit. And now he said, you know, so the apostles and the disciples that were following him, if they wanted to be in the will of God, all they had to do was follow him because he was always in the will of God. But now he said, I'm, I'm going to be leaving, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you without a guide. I'll send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will be to you what I've been to you. He will lead you and guide you into all the truth. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, in verse 27, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. And that's where God enlightens us. It's where God guides us by the spirit. His spirit to my spirit, showing me the truth of my life and the way that I should walk. In John chapter 16, in verse 13, Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. The Spirit, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that no man knows uh, the thoughts of God, but the Spirit of God. But the fact is, the Spirit of God does know the thoughts of God. And, this, and, that's, and it says that we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God. That's the Spirit we have received. The Spirit which is from God is within us. And the Spirit knows the mind of God, and He'll reveal it to us. The Spirit knows the thoughts of God. The Spirit knows the will of God. And that Spirit is in us, and He will reveal to us the will of God for our life. He'll lead us and guide us into all the truth for our life and, and yours. But there has to be... Uh, there has to be a sensitivity to the voice of God, to the direction of the Spirit, because God doesn't always do things the same way. You know, one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture is found in 2 Samuel, and uh, to me, this, this just helps every time I read it. It kind of helps me to, to put things in the right perspective. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, In 2 Samuel 5 and verse 17, listen, it says, When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines came and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give the, Phil the Philistines into your hand. So David came to Baal Perazim and defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore, he named that place Baal Perazim. And, and they abandoned their idols there. So David and his men carried them away. Now the Philistines came up once again and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. So what do we got? We got the same army attacking in the same place just a little bit later. And, and when David inquired of the Lord, David inquired of the Lord. You know, it's, I think this is one of David's real strengths. He didn't, he didn't say, oh, 
This is the Philistines. They're coming up, to, they're, they're at Baal Perizim just like they were last year or whenever it was. I know, I know what to do. God said to do this. I'll, that's what I'll do and I'll defeat him. But David, to his credit, takes the, takes the, the effort, the, the priestly garment, and he, and he puts it on and he seeks God. He says, God, the enemy's coming against me. What do I do this time? So it was the same situation but he still sought the Lord to find out if something was, to, and God gave him a different, a different plan. When David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go directly up. Circle behind them and come at them in the front of the balsam trees. And, when it, and it shall be, when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then you shall act promptly, for then the Lord will go out before you and strike, out the, strike the army of the Philistines. And David did so just as the Lord commanded him and struck the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. So two similar situations, and David, to his credit, did not assume that he knew what to do. He put on the effort and he sought God, and God gave him different directions a second time, and he was, victor and he was victorious both times because of it. Hallelujah. It's, Jesus was that way. You know, Jesus didn't do when he walked the earth. He didn't do things the same way all the time. He healed people by touching some. He healed people by laying hands on them. He spoke to one. He spit on one. He sometimes healed them all. Sometimes he just won. I mean, he, whatever, and he's always doing what the Father told him to do. So it's, it was God directing him in different ways at different times. You know, whenever a situation arises in my life or in our, in our lives, we shouldn't assume that we know how to handle it. We shouldn't assume that we know what God wants. We should check in with God, pray about it, and seek God and say, God, what do I do in this situation? What do I do in this situation? You know, God will lead you and guide you. But we have to seek him every, uh, every time for, every, for, for direction for everything. How does God lead us? I just want to look briefly at, at two, what I, say, I feel like, the two principal ways that God will lead you by his spirit. First of all, God leads us, and this, to, to me, this is the primary way that God has always led me, and I believe he leads Christians this way, uh, and I would call it the inward witness. The, God leads us in the right way by what we call the inward witness. Towards, look, at, look, look at Acts chapter 27. Turn with me to Acts, Acts chapter 27. Paul is on his way to Rome. And the ship has sailed into a particular place. And the captain and the, the powers to be on the ship, they, 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 don't, they don't want to spend the winter there. It's not a good place. So they're planning on leaving. And in verse 9, it says, When considerable time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous, since even the fast was already over, that's, that's the Day of Atonement in October, Paul began to admonish them and said to them, Men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than what was being said by Paul 
and so they set out and they ended up getting in a lot of trouble. But here's, listen, look what it says. Paul said, I perceive that the voyage will be certainly with damage. Great loss. Not only the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. Well, he, he wasn't he wasn't 100% accurate because we find out later that no lives were lost. So, but 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 he had this he had this ominous feeling on the inside. If we set out on this voyage, it's gonna it's gonna be disaster. It's gonna be terrible. And so, but he just perceived it. It's like I just kind of feel that I just have a gut feeling. Uh, call it what you will. Call it intuition. Calling it a gut feeling, but there's something on the inside is saying, this isn't right. It's not going to work out. And sometimes when we plan to do something, uh, if we have if we have that check in our spirit, if we have that kind of um, unsettling, uh, I, there's a lot of different words you could use, but that's that's the spirit of God trying to tell you, no, don't go there, don't do that, don't stop. It, some people call it a red flag or a check in your spirit, but it's just a perceiving. God hasn't really said anything. It's just kind of a knowing on the inside. And that's the way Paul felt. He said, don't, don't go on this trip. We're gonna be, it's going to be terrible if we go. I just perceive. So he didn't, he, he didn't hear the voice of God. An angel didn't appear to him or anything, but he just kind of knew in his spirit. And you can, that's, the way, that's the way God guides us. Primarily. We need to listen. We need to learn to listen, to be sensitive to the inward witness. Uh, so God guides us that way many, many times. In Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, it was a, there was a, a, a gathering of church elders in Jerusalem. And Paul came and presented the gospel that he'd been preaching because some Judaizers had, were, were infiltrating the church and they're telling people, you have, to, you have to get the boys circumcised, you have to follow the law. You can be saved, you can be believing in Jesus, but you also have to follow the law. And Paul said, no. So they came and they had a big conference in Jerusalem. And at the end of it, it says uh, in verse 25, it seemed, well, I'll back up to verse 24. Since we have heard, they, they, they write this letter to the Gentiles. So they, they said, this is what we've decided to do. And they wrote a letter. And it says, since we have heard that some of our number, Jewish people, to whom we gave no instructions, have disturbed you with their words, unsettling your souls. It seemed good to us, having become of one mind, to select men to send to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the sake of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, to lay no greater burden on these essentials, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. If you keep yourselves free from these things, you'll do well. So it seemed good to us. In other words, this, we, just had, we just had a good feeling that we had, a, 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 we had peace on the, in, on our, in our spirit man. 
we had a, a peaceful sensing that this was the will of God. And the Holy Spirit gave us that, hallelujah, gave us that sense, that peaceful sensing. So sometimes uh, when we plan to do something, you might have a check in your spirit. Other times you have peace. And when you have that peace from God, <clears throat> then go ahead. That's the Holy Spirit leading you into all the truth. <clears throat> Excuse me. In Acts chapter 16, you, have, you don't have to go there. I'll just, in Acts chapter 16, <clears throat> Paul was uh, planning on, he was on his second missionary journey. And he was planning on going to what we know now is Asia Minor, but they called it Asia. Basically, it was, it was where, where the country of Turkey is today. And he was planning on going, and, and he had a, the Spirit of God said no. The, he had a check in his spirit to not go. The Spirit of God wouldn't let him go. And so he just saw, he waited on God, he waited on God. And, uh, and you, might, <clears throat> you might read that and you might say, you know, didn't God want, didn't God want the word to go to, this, to, to Asia? Didn't God want the word preached in Asia? He did, but not at that time. It wasn't until Acts chapter 19 that Paul went to Asia and all of Asia heard the word of God. So sometimes <clears throat> when we make plans, if, it's not, if the plan is not in the will of God, you get a check in your spirit. And that check, sometimes you get a check in your spirit and it's not that your plans are wrong, it's just that the timing is wrong. Sometimes there's a timing involved. With the Apostle Paul, it, uh, his, on his second missionary journey, that wasn't the right time to go into Asia. But on the third missionary journey, he went, and all of Asia heard the word of God. So it wasn't, what he, what he wanted to do was right, but he just had to get the right timing from God. And he did that by waiting, by following the leading of the Spirit. So sometimes you just, you just know. You know, I remember when, when we first moved to Rome a long time ago now, 1976. Wow. My wife and I, uh, every, we'd, we'd, we'd had several different places where we'd lived. And we always lived on base, in base housing. But somehow, you know, you know, I believe it was, obviously it was God. But when we got to Rome, for the first time uh, in years, we, we felt like, you know what, let's look, let's look for a home to live in. Let's look to buy a home. And so we, we, we looked for, the, we said, my wife prayed, and I didn't know that she prayed this. She prayed that when we see the house that God wants to have, we would just know it. We just have that witness in our spirit. And I had prayed the same thing. But she didn't know what I prayed, and I didn't know what she prayed. But when, so we started looking. We finally came to this, the house that we're living in today. We came, in, we came to that house, and the, 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 the realtor that sold it to us, how do I say? He's, pretty, he's a little rough around the edges. Let's put it that way. And uh, anyway, you know, sometimes I felt, I, I don't I'm a Christian, and this guy's, you know, using foul language, and, and it's like, I, I don't know if I want to buy a house from this guy, but it was God, you know? He, he, he showed us this house. We walked in the front door, and I turned, my, said, I turned my head like this to look at my wife, and my wife turned her head to look at me, and that's it. We just knew it. It was our house, and we didn't, we didn't, have, to, we didn't have to argue. We didn't have to debate. We, we just, this is our house, and we turned out it was it was in it was in a, it was in foreclosure. That's where it was in foreclosure. 
So I bought my house in 1976 in the courthouse in downtown Rome. The, the foreclosing lawyers were there, and they said, who, who bids on this house? And I, 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 I bid a certain amount, and somebody else was there, and they bid, and I bid $100 more, and he bid, and I bid $100 more. And finally, the guy, the guy just looked at me and said, ah, oh, you got it. You bought yourself a house. So I bought myself a nice house for $36,000. Praise the Lord. God's good. Somebody say amen. Now, that was back in the 60s, in the 70s, so that's a little bit more today, but it was God's will that we have that house, and he led us by his spirit to the right realtor and to the right house, even though it didn't seem it at the time. So God is good. Hallelujah. The next way that God leads us primarily is by the inward voice, the voice of your spirit. It's not an audible voice. It's not a voice you hear with your ears, but it's it, all of a sudden you hear words. I don't know, I don't know they're, they're not in your head, they're, not, they're just in you. You hear words. Years ago, when I first left the Air Force, I started, I started ministering uh, training, you might say, for ministry, with a man named Peter Puglio. And I was driving down to see him one day uh, in the old, old Route 49 through Marcy. And there used to be, uh, just, after you, just after you get into Marcy, there was a bowling alley, a small bowling alley there. And I was driving by there, and I was turning the corner, and God spoke to me. It's, I didn't hear it with my ears. I just heard this on the inside of me. And God said, Everything you get, you'll get, you're going to get by faith. I'll never forget it. It was so clear. And yet, where did, it wasn't, it wasn't if, so, if you'd have been in the car, you wouldn't have heard it. It was God speaking to me, but it wasn't just an inward witness. It was a voice. It was God actually saying something. And that's the other main way that God leads us. He leads us by the inward witness, and sometimes he'll actually say something. You just all of a sudden you hear something on the inside, and you know it's God. In Acts chapter 8, in verse 26, it says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, this, this disciple Philip. He said, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. She had come to Jerusalem. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. And as he was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. And Philip ran up and ministered to him and witnessed to him and got him saved. But the Spirit of God spoke to him, said something. When Peter, when Cornelius sent for Peter, Peter was up on the housetop. Uh, he, had, he, he had a vision. He got into a trance and he had a vision. And the, while that was going on, these guys came looking for him. They knocked on the door. And the Spirit of God spoke to Peter. Now, it wasn't an audible voice. It was a voice on the inside. He said, 
go with these men without any misgivings. So sometimes God actually speaks words that we can understand, we can hear. But it takes work to hear the voice of God, to be sensitive to his spirit, takes, uh, takes practice. In Hebrews chapter 5, in verse 11, it says, having their senses trained, talks about having their, their spiritual senses trained to discern good and evil. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, you have, to, you have to draw close to God. You have to, you have to spend time with Him. You have to pray and be in the Word and draw, draw close to God. Spend time with Him so that you know His voice. The more time you spend with God, the more you recognize his voice when it comes. And you, you, and you won't do it perfect. No one does. We all miss it from time to time. But if your heart's right, if you're seeking God and going after him, if your heart is right, God will lead you and guide you. And he'll cover for you if your heart's right. Even if you make a mistake, God will kind of change it. God will make it right for you. He'll, he, he won't let you fall and be, he won't let you fall permanently. He'll raise you up. And keep you going. Hallelujah. We need, to, we need to quiet our minds. We need to settle down. S develop spiritual sensitivity. You know, you can't hear God when your mind is all screaming about everything. Psalm 131 says, Surely I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rests against its mother. My soul is like a weaned child within me. If we're going to hear God, you got to you got to settle. You got to settle your mind. Don't let your mind start to run with you. If you do that, you'll hear God. You'll hear His voice. God will show you what to do because He loves you. Hunger after God. I pray that you will hunger for the will of God, like I hunger for the will of God. God, fill me with the knowledge of Your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Fill me, Lord. Lead me and guide me into all the truths of my life. I want to be right in the middle of your will. I want to know what your will is for me, and I want to be there in Jesus' name. I want to fulfill my destiny on the earth, and I'll do that if I follow God, if I follow after his will and being led by the Spirit. God will take me exactly where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there, and I'll be successful on the earth in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray that every one of us would hunger for you, Lord, that we would submit ourselves to your spirit, that we would seek you and seek direction in our life, not trying to handle our own lives, but like the children of Israel that had the fire and had the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud, the Holy Spirit, leading them and guiding them in line with the word, in line with the law for them, but in line with the word for us. Lead us, Lord, into all the truth for our lives as we seek you, as we listen to you, as we, direct, as we are directed by you, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you've not left us comfortless. You've not left us to walk this, walk this earth alone. 
We don't know what's right for us, but you do. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but you do. I thank you, Lord, for watching over us and bringing each one of us into your perfect will for our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.